what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Brothers in Tech. This is our weekly discussion show about home, family, personal technology, especially from the Mac side of things that we like to talk about, we like to get into. Uh, with me is my brother, Brian Jackson. My name's Alan Jackson. I don't think I mentioned that, but uh, Brian, how's it going? Good, good, Alan. I am uh, doing well. I see it's late, later your time there. So dark yes. outside. You are you're after dinner time, you know, trying to get after all of dinner. our listeners after dinner on the East Coast. And yeah, I am pre dinner time here. So I'm the one that tends to want to finish a little earlier. I See, get that we're, it's interesting. We catch our audience depending on what side of the country they're on, right. either pre dinner or post dinner. So, me, I am satisfied with the dinner I had. I honestly could probably lay down and go to sleep right now if you really want to. So, Brian. <laughs> Just giving you a giving you a fair warning. I hope this conversation is worth uh, worth the time because otherwise I may be drifting off. Um, yeah. While you what's, you've what's still got the day? whole you've still got the whole night ahead of you. It's the just whole the night. The night is now. new. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The night is new for me. That's great. Well, what time is it in like Uzbekistan or something where a lot of our listeners are coming from? Where most of our listeners come from? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what the uh, time zone is there. Hold on, I'll be able to tell you. That's uh. Hmm. It's a, uh, it's like uh early, early morning, I think, or something. Oh, so like, okay. So we get them right the when morning. they wake up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. We're catching people at all different times. Well, good, morning. Time. good morning. Yeah, good morning <laughs> to, all of our, to our majority of fans. We know where you are. And, uh, welcome. So Brian, we, we get together, we talk technology, we talk family technology, home, personal technology, uh, a lot of home automation stuff we'll get into sometimes. A lot yeah. of things, uh, Last week, we had our, our bits episode, our brothers and tech suggestions episode. This week, we're going to talk about a, a something that, um, you know, I don't know if we're going to go as deep multi-weeks on this like we did email. If you recall, we talked about the email programs, or at least <laughs> I did anyway, for, gosh, it seemed like probably. Oh, my God, that went on forever. Yeah, Four really or five did. weeks, right? Yep. Um, yep. Email, such a critical program for me, a critical application that I spent a lot of time with some research on what's the best email program I could be using, what are some features I need in an email program and so forth. Today, we're going to go down to a next level uh, of applications that you know most everybody uses. And this is one that I, I, I'm afraid a lot of people take for granted. I know I have in the past, and that's calendars. So how do we manage calendars of what we're doing day to day. Um, you can see these program, these company uh, computers and, and uh, mobile devices all come with stock calendar applications. And I guarantee you majority of people just end up using the calendar application that's on there. So on a Mac, we have Apple's calendar program uh, on uh, iPhone. It's the, the actual calendar app on iOS. So, uh, and they work. And they work pretty well, but there may be reasons to start looking at other options. Now, that's where you and I have been in the past is looking at other 
calendar options that we could start using and reasons why. So, so that's what we're going to talk about today is really the calendar options that you may have and talk a little bit about what that stock calendar app gives you that you get with your computer or device. Then we're going to discuss some features and things that we are looking for in calendar applications. What may be some of those make or break features that we need to have in order to really make calendars work for us. Then we'll give you a couple of uh, suggestions of some calendar apps that we would recommend that might satisfy a lot of those uh, features for us or, or, or could come yeah. really close to it. So did yeah, I that, sum up I, the episode correctly, Brian? Did I, think I, that, did I run down that's, everything? That's okay? what I spent hours and hours preparing for. So yeah. See, you wrote, you yeah. did all the research and wrote it, the notes and did the outline. I just get to spout it out like I did it. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> you did it I'm really, doing. really well. Yes. Okay, you good. Did, really well. did I explain your hard work and I think outline so. and I research think so. work properly? Okay, good. Yep. No, well, I think I think the key is I uh, my hope is that we'll give some since you and I both have been digging into this off and on for a few years, I think, just like we did with email. <clears throat> My hope is that some of those uh, new features people may not be aware of because they're continuing to use the, the built-in native app. And if if something really screams screams at someone, like that is a game changer, then hopefully it's uh, you know worth their time to to at least dive in and see if paying for a service makes sense or paying for an application makes sense or... Uh, mm-hmm you know, or is it going to be a, an, a feature that may show up on your native app in the future to be looking for? So, right. Yeah. Good. Alan, why don't you start with why, why would we not use the native calendar application? Yeah, sure. I can, I can start or with what, that. What, well, le- me, what leads you to look for something like that? So I am someone that, uh, you know, I'm going to look at the built-in application that's provided to us first. Anytime I'm, I've got a need for an application. So I'm going to bring up the, this is the Mac calendar app. This is, this is what I've got right now on mine. Um, and it, uh, it, it's, it's good. It's functioning. It works. I mean, uh, it does what I think the core functions of a calendar program should do. And I think it's going to satisfy a lot of people's overall needs. Um, you know, it does the, the, the basic work of you can bring in your different calendar accounts that you have. And let me just kind of back up and make sure everybody's clear how this works. When you create a calendar, you know, not an event, but the actual calendar itself. Um, when you go into your calendar app and it asks you to log in or create an account for your calendars. On a Mac, it's going to try to default, let you do that as an iCloud uh, calendar, meaning it's one that is you know, attached to your iCloud address. It is a calendar that you have access to there, but you could add calendars from Google. If you've got a Google account that has a calendar attached to it or multiple calendars, uh, Outlook, you know, Microsoft's Outlook has a calendar that you could be tapping into. So the best calendar program right away has to be able to bring in those calendars from different accounts. So off to the left, you can see I've got a whole group of Google calendars, and then I've got a group of iCloud calendars. So I've got both. My Google is my work calendars. My uh, iCloud are my more personal calendars. But I want to be able to see them all at one time. It's important yeah. because if I've got, you know, something going on with my uh, family and it's on my calendar, but I don't want it to show up on my work calendar, but yet I need to be able to see both at the same time to make sure I know what's going on. That's, that's why you have those multiple accounts um, with that. And you can have multiple calendars per account. Um, the Mac calendar app 
works fine. There are some features it does not have. There are some things that a lot of other calendar apps we're going to talk about do have. But just like Apple traditionally does, and there's the same way with the mail program, Brian. The reason I don't use the mail program is because there are just some features that I need that are not available there. Apple tends to keep their stock apps pretty um, feature light. I mean, they, they have the basic features I think they feel like everybody needs, but they don't throw out any features that maybe 50% of their audience needs. Um, they tend not to go that way. They'll add some little features here and there, but typically not matching what you can get in other applications. So, so there are a lot of features that are missing from the calendar app. But I think it's important to know that, I mean, if you're a fairly light calendar user, meaning I just need a basic calendar to just put a couple of events on here or there and just make sure I can keep it, uh, keep track of them, the, the Mac calendar app will probably do fine for you. Yeah. But if we're going to talk yeah. about some features in a minute that sound like something you may need, you may have to look beyond the Mac calendar app, either on the Mac or on the uh, iOS, iPhone, iPad version. What about you, Brian? What What's kind of your take? What What keeps you from using the uh, the calendar app that comes with the Mac? Yeah, no, this is it's similar. The uh, one of the problems is, and this is this is one of the pieces I get uh, a little nervous about when we talk about the other features is that sometimes ignorance is bliss, right? When you don't know that there's a feature out there, then you don't know what you're missing, which is kind of kind of nice because you can mm-hmm. deal with what what's already there. But once you do recognize that there are some features that make efficiency happen, you know, then it becomes something where it's like, I need, uh, well, do I need that? Or I really want that because I think that's going to make my life a little easier. And when, when I, for me, it was, Alan, it was a, a piece, which we'll get to in just a minute of some of the features that I realized I was doing for other services. Like I was looking, I was using other services to do certain things involving scheduling and, uh, and calendars. And I didn't realize that there were applications that could do all of those at one place. And so for me, it was an efficiency thing of bringing several features mm-hmm. that I was already finding other ways of doing them and bringing them into one, one house. So, yeah. um, so that's a big thing for me. I just want to quickly mention, Alan, you, when you talk about multiple calendars, I think most people should know that you know, this is an application that's bringing those services in. Yeah. So unlike, for example, Google Calendar, Right. If you're someone who uses Google Calendar, Google Calendar is a service and an application. Right. So you go into Google to Google's calendar page. And if that's the way you manage your calendar, it's a very it's a great calendar application. It does a lot of good stuff. But you're not going to be able to bring in an iCloud calendar, a mm-hmm. Outlook calendar into Google. Right. So Google yeah. is only for Google. It's going to let you build a lot of different Google calendars. You can have one for work and home and kids and vacations and all sorts of things. But if you've got calendars outside of Google, Google is not the best place to have your calendar. Correct. Now, having a Google calendar in other places like Apple calendars or some of the other features, some of the other apps we'll talk about later works great. Yeah. Google Calendar data can be brought into other applications incredibly easy. Um, but it's really important to notice, like if you go, oh, I've got a calendar, I've got a great calendar, I use Google Calendar. That's super. If, you have a, if you're a one calendar person, mm. but if you are multiple calendar services, 
like, oh, I go to this one for iCloud, I go for this one for this, then there's a problem. And that's where you at least need yeah. to look at the built-in app, calendar application, the native app at a minimum, right? right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's a good point. I mean, a lot of people will, a lot of people love get Google calendars. A lot of people use Google calendars as their main calendars that they have. And look, if you wanted to just use Google calendars, and again, you can set up multiple calendars mm-hmm. under your Google account. Here I've got, it looks like about nine or 10 under mine. It's great. And there are a lot of good apps like the native Google calendar app that you could use to check your calendars and to make edits to your calendars and so forth. But you're right. You are kind of landlocked into Google yeah. calendars. Right. And Mac or Apple is really going to want you to use iCloud calendars. They make it pretty easy to add Google and Outlook and other calendar mm-hmm. services. But by default, if you just go in and open up your iCloud, your uh, Mac calendar, by default, it's going to let you start creating calendars on your iCloud account. And that those are ones that obviously are going to show up on any Apple yeah. uh, program that you use. Um, you can bring in your Google ones, but you're right. You can't go backwards. You can't bring your Apple ones into Google. I right. I know somebody I, I do some work with right now that they find themselves confused quite a bit on which calendar they're in because they have both an iCloud mm-hmm. account under their uh, Mac address or their iCloud address, and they've got a Google calendar they set up with a Gmail address. So when they're sending out uh, invitations to a meeting or to an appointment, sometimes they're putting it on their Gmail calendar. Sometimes they're putting it on their Mac calendar. Yep. And if things aren't syncing up right, sometimes they're not seeing both calendars. So I've had to work quite a bit on making sure they know, okay, well, if, ideally, probably pick one or the other to use as your main calendar. Yeah. Uh, but if you really sure. want to have both, if there's a reason to have both calendars, that's fine. Just know that which one you're sending out invitations to and understanding which calendar that's going to show up on. Um, like for me, Brian, I, you know, the ones that are in green up here are on my personal calendar, my personal iCloud account calendar. They're not technically appointments. These are like things I'm going to do and work on during those times. So it's more my personal work calendar of things I'm going to do. The mm-hmm. blue ones are my Google work calendar events. And those are ones that are uh, visible to my co- co- colleagues on my Google team. Yep. And they're also ones that we'll talk about in a little bit. I make available to people if they're going to schedule something on my calendar. The blue ones are the ones that they have to avoid when they're scheduling something with me. Yeah. Because those yeah. are actually true meetings or true appointments. So I use both the Google and the iCloud calendar for that reason, because I like having my personal one on one side that only I see, but then I've got my actual physical work appointments on one that my colleagues can see. So yeah. 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 Alan, I had a I had um I had a friend that um had a very similar sort of confusion. And I, and I don't think this is uncommon and, and something I don't know if you and I do enough of, right. We probably need to do with our, with our podcast here is really distinguish between services and applications mm-hmm. like apps, Yeah, you know, and an, and an easy way to think about it. We just talked about streaming services not long ago, right. You know, Netflix is a service, but an Apple TV or a Roku is a way of seeing that service, right? Right. This application you're looking at right now is a way of seeing your calendar services, right? Just like, you know, your missive is your email client 
it is able to see your email services. That's so I right. think it's really important. You know, you can have whatever email services you want, and most of them will work with all of these applications we're talking about. You have a, you know, I don't know, does Hotmail even do a calendar anymore along with email? But you could have don't know about that. All of these, possibly, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yahoo. I have a Yahoo account still that has a calendar. You have mm -hmm. uh, Google has a calendar. You have iCloud. Have all of those services is where they're keeping your data. And we're talking about here are some great applications to show that data and be able to use that data in a very easy, efficient way. So, so for me, I think you're, we we started this whole discussion about you know why do we switch? Well, because the features are pretty light and they're standard. They they do the features that I think everybody needs, right? But we we're here to tell you there are features that you may not need, but you might mm -hmm. want. And yeah. let's. Let's maybe dive into a couple of those. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's talk about some things that we'd like to see. We, we really like to see in calendar applications. Yep. And we'll point out where they're not available, which most of these are going to be ones not available in the standard Mac or iPhone calendar app. Right. Yeah. Well, let me, yeah, let me, maybe let me direct us a little differently, Alan. What are the must-haves, right? And most of these, I think a lot of the first ones are going to be available. Oh, yeah. First college, couple right? ones are going to be must-haves. Yeah, so why don't we say, you know, for me, an absolute must-have, I won't even look at a calendar application if it won't work across multiple devices. Meaning right. I can't, I need to be able to see that calendar, that same calendar on my phone, on my iPad, on my laptop. That calendar application needs to look the same. So syncing across devices. So yes. if you put in a calendar uh, event, like event on yep. your Mac, on your desktop, it needs to be in perfect sync with your mobile device. And that makes sense, especially for calendars. I mean, yep. you, you, and again, I have seen people where they're using tools that could be synced, mm -hmm. but because they're not logged into the same accounts, in different devices, their calendars are not in sync. So let's say you have a, you're, let's say you are going to use the standard Mac calendar application. Okay. You have a Google calendar that you'd like to use. That is so your the Google, Google service, the Google, Google service, service calendar. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to log into that Google service on your desktop Mac calendar app and log into it. So now it shows that Google uh, calendar there you will have to go to your iOS, your iPhone calendar app and do the same thing. Yep. The log into that Google's that same Google account. Now it doesn't do like an automatic sync for you. Like, okay, well, if you logged into these five accounts on your Mac calendar app, they'll automatically show up uh, on your iOS. You're still going to have to log into each of those the first time. Okay. Right. But right. once you do, everything's in sync. Yeah. You may not have to set them up, right? Apple does a pretty nice job of like, if I go in and say, I have them all on my Mac, I need to log them in, but I don't think I need to necessarily add them all again. Mm. Right. If you have your uh, iCloud account, doesn't it, doesn't it save your that. accounts? Yeah. Hmm. I, th well, I mean, I think your iCloud automatically logs you in if you're in iCloud, but I don't think Google, but your iCloud account, I believe has your accounts with it. No. Maybe not. Maybe I, I think for Google and other services, I think it's you still have to like go in okay. and add Stuff it, add it manually. Yeah. Okay, it's still right. a one-time setup thing to do. But the idea is that once you've logged into your Google account on both devices, it saves them. Yeah, they're in yep. sync. You make an event yep. on one device, it will show up on the other one, and vice versa. Yeah, and regardless, actually, of whether Apple does it well, um, if let's say you have a a 
Mac laptop, but you have a Samsung phone, mm-hmm. right? The idea is still the same, right? We want to be able to see those calendars in both places, right? Which means both of them need to have access to that same service and need to be able. And for me, it's not necessarily, I think multiple places can have access to this. I mean, I have, you know, five different calendar apps on my my Mac right now, and they all look at the same thing. Yeah. The question though is, do they act the same way, right? So if you have an app that is the same app, so if you have... I, the iOS calendar app, Mac calendar app, and the Mac OS calendar app, they work the same, right? They're made to work the same. You enter something in, the same language is uh, used, everything's the same, it's going to look the same. Um, if you do one of the services we're talking about later that has an iOS and a Mac version, they're going to look the same, they're going to work right. the same, they're made that way. Um, so the key for me, though, is that they need to have the sync. And this is where it's really important, Alan, I don't know if you've had people that have come to you about this, but the same thing that used to happen with email where someone would say, I have that email on my laptop, but I can't Mm -hmm. see it on my phone. And there's a difference between, you know, on your Mac or on your device information versus the service. And I'm a big believer in the cloud. I want everything Mm -hmm. in the cloud because when it's in the cloud, I can then point to it from any device that I, I have. So I think that's, to me, what I'm suggesting is that we need to make sure all of them will do this some way or another, but you need to make sure that your devices can sync with one another and they can sync with the services. So first and foremost, make sure your calendars are being saved somewhere on yeah. the cloud and then be able to uh, point to them from each of your devices. Now, the good news here is that any good standard application yeah. for calendars will do this. Yes. Okay. As Correct. long as there is an iOS version of that application. Now, nobody's saying you have to use the same application on both your desktop and your mobile device. Right. You could use different calendar applications. Now, I think it could get a little messy. You know, I mean, you're going to have different interfaces. You got different ways of dealing with it. But if they're both logged into the same calendar accounts, in theory, they're still going to be in sync with one another. Yep. Right. Yep. I mean, I know some people uh, that really love the Outlook calendar yep. uh, on the Outlook mobile device, but don't like it on the desktop. That's your brother, Brian, but don't mm-hmm. like it on the desktop. So I've seen people use the Mac calendar app on the desktop and use the Outlook on mobile. Again, yep. as long as you're logged into the same accounts, whether it's your iCloud, your Google account, wherever the calendars are located, you're going to have access to those same calendars and they will be in sync with each other. It's just going to be different ways of interacting with your program to work with those calendars based on what platform you're on. Yep. 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 That's the key, right? That's the key. Yeah. Just make sure that now uh, let me do, real quickly, Alan, there is maybe two levels of sync that we ought to just quickly mention the sync from the services, meaning, as you said, I could have multiple apps. They're all pointing to the same service and all of my calendar events are being saved on that service like Google. Yeah. That's one way, and, and most of them will sync that way. The other, though, that's really key is the the syncing across devices with the application. So mm-hmm. you could have an application, we'll talk about one later, Fantastical, right, where you have a desktop version and you have a iOS right. version. Mm-hmm. They sync not just the events, but they sync the defaults that you have. Yeah. Like if I've said in there already that every time I start in an event, I want a reminder for 15 minutes before be put in place. That syncs across as well. And to me, that's a 
that's also a game changer because it's just an efficiency thing, right? If I have a setting one place that says, this is my default calendar, these are my default settings, I'd like to have that default setting on my other devices. So uh, that's another piece that's really important. Good point. Good point. Let's talk about another must-have feature. And we've already talked about it, so we don't have to hit it too much again, but having multiple calendars. So just like I showed on my example here, I have not only calendars from different services, Google and iCloud um, calendars, but inside each one, I've got multiple calendars listed. So the idea of being able to see them all in one place and then turn on or off whichever calendars I don't want to see at any time is an absolute must have. Luckily, again, most all good calendar apps do this and allow you to do this, but uh, just very important. Didn't always used to be this way. Now, a lot of calendar apps used to be very proprietary. This is the one type of calendar events you get. Uh, you may be able to create multiple calendars, but you couldn't bring in accounts from outside places. Nowadays, it's pretty pretty yeah, open most, to all major calendar apps. Yeah. yeah. Some do it better than others, I will say. Sure. That there are certain Great. services they don't read very well and may not come across well, but... So yeah. check that out. Um, so, all right, Brian, what's another a kind of must-have? Well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest um, one about how to create events, which okay. is all of them can create events. Some of them have a plus sign where you say I want to create something new, and then you fill in your information. One of the things that's happened in the last few years, and I absolutely love it, is natural language input. And so, what we mean by that is, if I'm going to create some a, a calendar event. I want the service to be able to take my natural language and create an event for it. For example, it used to be you'd have to give an explanation of what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say that Alan and I are going to do a podcast on Saturday uh, and we're going to have it at six o'clock in the afternoon and it's going to last for two hours. So it used to be that I would say, you know, click a plus or add, add a calendar event. And then I would put a title and the title would be, you know, brothers in tech. And then I would have to go into the menu and say, okay, now that's going to last two hours and it starts on this date and it goes here. So yeah, Alan's doing the plus sign. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to yeah, show up. You're not going to be able to see screen. it on the window here, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but the so, idea is, that, yeah, you could say, the example yeah. it gives here is it says movie at 7 p.m. on Friday. Okay. So there's the natural. Yeah. So you're yeah. doing the natural language. Yeah. So then natural language, as I was getting to it before Alan you know, really me, right? yes, the, the natural natural language would be that there's a entry point where you just type it like you would say it, right? What, uh, record uh, record brothers in tech on Saturday at six for two hours, and what it would do would be create an event on Saturday at six for two hours and title it. You know what your event was called. So Alan, create something. Hold on. I tell you what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to share the entire window instead of doing And so that way you can actually see the motions here. So if I go up, this is the Mac calendar app. If I go in and hit the plus button, it gives me a drop down where I can just type again, natural language. So what was the example? Do it for Friday to record BIT or brothers in tech um, on Friday at six. And I can't remember if it'll do like for two hours. Would that work? Oh, we're going to try it. No, um, so it does get two hours, hours yet. So yeah, you just have to say record Brothers in Tech on Friday from six to eight, and it would it would do it. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to change. It's it's already created 
the event, so it's not going to change it. Yeah, yeah. But it knew it said, okay, on Friday at six p.m. and it cre- yep. it titled it "Record Brothers in Tech." Yeah, so it did that part. Um, yep, and you can some do other apps and everything like that. Some right? other yeah. apps do a better job with the the natural language than the Mac app does. The Mac yep. app natural language is pretty basic, like you just saw. It is basically, yep. hey, I want to create this event with this title on this date at this time, and it does yep. it. Um, yep. So, and also location, which is pretty nice, right? Most mm-hmm. of these will allow you to say, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, uh, mm-hmm. movie at, you know, whatever movie cinema at work. Let's see if it does work. If it knows my work address, no, it doesn't. So if I say uh, uh, I want to meet at uh, Starbucks at 7 p.m. on Friday. So you can already see how Apple doesn't do so well with this, right? Or doesn't do as as you would normally think. Some of them are much better. You're right. They're much better. I mean, it gives me the title, meet at Starbucks. At least it's got that in there. But And it's got the date and it's got the time right. But that's that's about it. So. Yep. Didn't do anything more special than that. So one thing is most of them will now do some level of uh, natural language. You just kind of have to learn their natural language. <laughs> you have to learn what, well, what they use as the order in which they process things. Can we go ahead and jump ahead? Can I try to show sure. uh, another calendar app? And let's see if it uh, gives us a little better uh, results on that. Uh, let me... Well, I'm just getting it arranged here to put it up on the screen. So this is me showing a different calendar app. It's going to look very similar because these calendar apps look very similar, but here's one here. So checking the natural language on this one. If I hit the plus button, see, it's going to look, it looks very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, at Starbucks. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. Hyperlinking there. That's good. Automatically, uh, it knows at 7 p.m. on Friday for two hours. Hey, if you notice, it actually changed it from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Once I said for two hours. Hmm. So now if I hit return, it has created it right there on my calendar. Yep. If I open it up, it does show Starbucks as the location. Now, it doesn't know which Starbucks. Yep. But at least it did mark it as a location this time instead. So of- I think when you were, yeah, and when you were creating it, when it created the hyperlink, I think clicking on that, does that give you the chance to choose which Starbucks? Well, let's see. Eat at Starbucks. Yeah, there we go. There you go. Mm-hmm. So if I want to meet that one on Friday at 7 p.m. for three hours. Air created it, and it's yeah. got the map already plugged in for it because yeah. it gave me the option of the address. Yeah, yeah. and I say so for three I'm hours, it a huge seven difference, right? Yeah, that's a huge difference in terms of efficiency. I think. Um, no, you're right. It is very, very nice. Much, much better for that. So mm-hmm. that is natural language, meaning instead of having to just go in and say, uh, "I'm just going to you know create an event, and then I have to give it a title, then I got to move it to whatever date and time I want to go to." You're typing it in like you would say it, and it automatically creates the event for you. So we'll go ahead and say the Mac built-in calendar is limited. It does allow you to type it, but it's not going to do all of the features on it. It's not going to set all the specifics the way you want it. The apps we're going to talk about a little later, this being one of them, 
we'll do a better job with that nat natural language input. So yeah. Okay. Now, Alan, can I give maybe one brief little counter argument, which sure. is if you were someone who uses Siri a lot to be able to make your calendar events, it obviously does some level of natural integration or natural mm. language, right? And if you did that on Siri to create the calendar event, it goes into your Apple calendar pretty well. Doesn't necessarily, it, the, the ability to put it into your other calendar apps, I think takes maybe another shortcut or maybe even you have to put it in. Actually, no, take that back, Alan. If I put it in, it uses Apple to put it in its calendar. And then of course, if I'm using those services, it comes into my other one. So it's gonna be there, right? It's not gonna really change. It'll, You're still gonna it'll see be there. It. If You're I wanted creating to, it with the natural yeah. language that we're right. talking about. If right? I was talking to Siri and I said, uh, I create an event, I can't tell it to put it in my Google calendar account. Right. It will automatically go in my iCloud account or whichever one's connected to the Mac primarily. Hmm. Oh, will it? Okay. You can't set your default to be that. See, I think on the with, with Siri is going to try to go to your default iCloud. Well, let me go but, because I don't I don't actually have an iCloud account. So okay. Me, All right. Well, I don't have an iCloud email. I don't Maybe it reads okay. what the default is in your I settings think it is. for your calendar app. Hey Siri. Set a calendar event for Friday at 7 p.m. to go to the movies. Okay, so it says go to the movies 7 to 8 p.m. scheduled for Friday. And now let me it, open I, up. Let me yeah. look at the calendar and see what calendar it is set. So if I look to Friday and I've got go to the movies. And it put it on my Gmail account or my Google account because that was so maybe my it's all based natural on whatever setting. Your default yeah. calendar is. I your... think it is. So there's there's a little bit of a workaround if you're worried that hey, if I have one of these other apps, I won't be able to use Siri anymore. No, it's is because you can't get rid of the calendar app on your phone, or maybe you can mm -hmm. now, Alan. But but it's going to be there, and you don't need to get rid of it, right? Even if it was, that could be the way in which events get put into. Just need you just need the iOS calendar to still be logged into these same services. If you're using a different app to view it, it will still get in there eventually, right? There's going to be a little bit of a workaround that happens. Um, so if I put that one in and that's on my Google account now, but I'm using a different app like BusyCal, like you have, and it's showing my Google account, then yes, it will show up and shouldn't yeah. be any problem. So, okay. all right. All right well, Alan, again, uh, the idea with natural language input, again, it's becoming more and more important to do this as we're using voice assistants to help us create these events. So obviously it's having to read from that natural language that we're using when we describe the event, when we ask Siri, Alexa, whoever else to create that event, we're using natural language to do it. So whether you're typing yeah. it in natural language or you're speaking it, you want to make sure the calendar knows how to handle the, that information and put it together the right way. So, yep. Yep. okay. All right. What else is a uh, must have? Well, well, one that, that you just uh, showed actually as you created an event uh, was the ability to have an integration with maps and travel. Yeah. And this is something that Apple's calendar does do well. Yeah. Um, and others actually have to kind of try to catch up to Apple a little bit, I think. Um, okay. But what I mean by this is if you said, I want to go to meet with someone at Starbucks on Friday at 7 p.m., 
most of these calendar apps that um, that you'll purchase, they will then be able to give you reminders of things like when to leave. They'll be able to have a little links on the calendar reminder event that comes up. So you click and it takes you into your map application, drives you there, uh, or at least gives you uh, gives you directions for there. So I think that's one of the the, the real must-haves, and I've really appreciated having that um, in my calendar apps recently. So, uh, where's somewhere I want to go for a meeting? Where would I like to go? Hmm. Let's go. Uh, um, what's a restaurant I'm missing here? Uh-uh. Olive Garden. Go meet them All at right. Olive Garden. I'm looking for Olive Garden. I can actually type in Olive Garden when I'm creating the event because it's integrated with Google with uh, Apple Maps. I've got all the options here, so I can put that in. And if you notice here, that as soon as I put it in, it creates the the nice Apple Map for it. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things to do is to always add travel time. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. so where I can actually say, all right, for me to travel there, uh, it's going to take an hour and 15 minutes for me to walk there or 13 <laughs> minutes to drive there. So I'm going to put in the travel time. And when I did, it created an additional extra space on my event because again, it's integrating with Apple. Nobody Maps. can it's schedule like, you. All right, yeah. I know how long it takes to get there and I'm going to go and add that time to the beginning of your event. So if you need to be there at two o'clock, I'm going to make sure you're leaving at, you know, uh, one you know, um, yep. to get there. So. And so it also right below right below that did your alert to be the option for the alert is when I need to leave. And yeah. that's what's really key is like when do you need to leave because of the driving directions, right? That's right. Because I told it I wanted driving directions or driving time added to my travel time. Now the alert is based on okay, 10 minutes before travel time or 15 minutes before travel time, which is really nice. Uh, and then the alert is, okay, yeah, it's time to leave. Like, if you want to get there on time, you got to leave right now. So by putting in an address, you have some extra options on travel time and alerts based on that travel time, which is really yeah. nice. So, Alan, do me a favor. Go go back in there to your your editing and mm-hmm. for that event. And if you take the – so the time, yeah, click on the time there. So if you take the travel time off mm-hmm. – yep. All right. Does it allow you to do the alert to switch the alert to time to leave? Does it then? Yeah. So try time to leave. So that's what I tend to do. And I think what it does is it doesn't calculate the time to leave now. It calculates the time to leave at the time based on traffic and things. Wherever you are. Well, wherever you are. Or or wherever you are. Right. Yeah. Because if, yeah, if you put in there right now, like Alan just did, it said, oh, okay, I'm going to be driving. 13 minutes, then it gives you the 13 minute, which is nice. It's going to buff you up our uh, buffer, right? But if you're not sure how long it's going to take to get there, let's say I'm doing it tomorrow morning and tomorrow morning's traffic's crazy. Then there's the ability to say, you know what? Notify me at time to leave. And then it gives you a notice early to say, Hey, you need to leave now. The problem is it's not booking off your calendar. So you've got to kind of play the game there a right. little bit as what's really important for a you. A little bit of the ch- well, a little bit of the challenge with that too is yes, the alert on time to leave is nice, but I mean, if you don't know, it doesn't give you an option of ten minutes before time to leave, right? With this, right. so if I didn't know that there's tons of traffic now, and 
it is now like it says, oh, by the way, you need to leave right now, <laughs> like 30 minutes yeah. before you'd plan to go because it's going to take longer to get there. Yeah. I would like it if it would actually have given me option of saying, yeah, look, I don't want to add it to my calendar, but when I, wherever I am, as it's leading up to that event, be calculating for me what time it's going to take to get there and then notify me 15 minutes before what that new yep. time to leave is, because yep. that means I can start prepping and getting ready to go. And it's, you're not springing it on me the minute I need to yep. be walking out the door. And the, so. and the option around that, of course, it takes a little, you know, strategy by you. But if you say the event starts 15 minutes earlier than it normally does, or than it actually does. And then you say, give me time to tell me when time to leave. And then it lets you know, you need to leave now, but you know, that's yeah. a 15 minute. I got a 15 minute or something buffer. like that. Right. That's true. So there, there, there's some I, yeah. ways to get around, but just realize what Alan did initially is, is ideal and that it gives you that buffer. If you're someone that, yeah. if, if it's a point in the day where you got to leave and you don't want someone scheduling that, then that's the way to do it. If you're okay and no one's going to schedule on your calendar, maybe you're the one that does it. Then I like the idea of time to leave because then if it is high traffic, it notifies me and said, I'll go, Oh crap. I didn't realize I need to leave this early. That's good. I get to go. Um, rather than me looking at the night before when traffic's not, when not yeah, big, that's right? That's true. So it's a good yeah. point. Well, but I like the idea of maps yeah. being integrated there. I like the fact to be able to see it. People probably mm -hmm. wonder like, why do I need to see the map pop up there? Well, one of the reasons is that double check that that's the right place. <laughs> you know, you type in Starbucks and you say, oh, I think that's the right one. And then the map pops up and you can say, oh yeah, that's the corner of so-and-so. That's what I meant. And well, you go with, and the right? other thing too, is you can just double click it. And when you double click the map app just pops up too. So yep. it's just another, uh, look, I do slick. like Apple's Apple calendars integration with maps and travel, I think is really, really good. Yep. So I always very happy whenever I do have to use the Apple calendar app when it comes to maps and travel time. So it's good for yep. that. Yep. So, so that is a really nice have to have to have feature, I think. Yep. Can I can I mention one now that is a must have for me? It's the sure. one the one reason that I went to another calendar application, Alan. Okay. And it's one that that uh, Mac Calendar just does not do yet, and I'm still annoyed that they don't do. Is mm -hmm. a menu bar uh, a menu bar application? <clears throat> All right. What I mean by that is having yeah, a mini a mini calendar. About about with this. Yeah, a yeah. mini calendar that drops down from the menu menu bar on your computer because as we as we've seen here this is a calendar application that we if you want to look at it you tend to pull the whole app up which covers up your screen covers up what you're working on and there's a lot of times in the day that i need to remember like well what is next friday or what date you know is you know uh, two weeks from now you know what do i have coming up and yeah. so there were other applications that you could download that were simply just doing that. They were a menu bar application calendar. But I, I decided to move to a an app that naturally has that as a native piece of the application. And and right. I use it probably four or five times a day. And and that's really, really important to me. So just so we can kind of clear what Brian's talking about here. Up in I know it's kind of hard to see my cursor up in the corner, but I do have my little bartender that shows me all of my menu items. I do have an app that has a menu bar application on it. So it is a little calendar application that comes with the program I'm using in another window. And if I click on it, 
it does give me a drop down that Brian was yeah. talking about a menu bar without having to open up the full menu uh, calendar application. Yep. I see my count, cal- my day, my monthly calendar at a quick view. I also see tomorrow's events listed out for me in kind of uh, kind of an agenda item listing and I can scroll through them. If I were to click on any of them, it will take me to uh, that's interesting. It will take me to that app, the application where that app is, where that item yep. is. Yep. But that's what you're talking about is this whole that's exactly have a right. quick view menu bar application for your calendar. It's it's an absolute must have for me. And once you get used to using that, and I have a I have a keystroke that I you know built in. So I for me it's Shift Command C. When I do Shift Command C, the calendar drops down, and I can do that at any point in the day and go. Oh, wait, actually, when is next week? Do that, see it, go back, you know, click it and go away, and then come back okay. to my work. Um, Good. Now, can I give you? Can I give you one? Well, no, do one I'll more. Oh wait, no, no, no. More. I was, I was gonna, I was gonna wait on the pros and cons of the menu bar based on the application. But uh, oh, yeah, well, let's talk about that when we get to the apps that actually yep. have those as well. Okay. So. All right. Is, did we did we cover kind of the the half twos the uh, the must those are my half twos yeah. yeah I have to have yeah. those okay if I don't if I, I don't I'm, have all of those that we just mentioned I I will not even touch the calendar app so I will tell you right away for me the syncing across devices obviously is 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 a lock the having multiple calendars is an automatic lock the natural language input yes it's pretty important to have but I, I'll I'll be honest there's a lot of times I'm just creating events natively within the app and I'm titling it and putting in, filling in all the information. So I don't always use the natural language when creating my calendar events. So it may not be quite as critical for me, but the maps and travel is super nice. And I do find myself using that quite a bit. So I'm with you on most of those items. Um, Honestly, Brian, I don't use the, 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 the menu bar app calendar very often yeah you're just not efficient it's probably if, if you're pulling where, up a menu if you're pulling up a candle calendar application i just i don't i can't understand that process yeah. right of having this I, that's like the whole having a contact i still think it's ridiculous we have an application for contacts and it is the worst thing like when i have to do that to me the only time i need to see that is drop a little window down right drop it from the menu mm-hmm. uh, but that's just me. So. Yeah. No, I still I still keep a calendar up. You know, I've got, you know, two to three screens I'm using, you know, during my work day. And calendars normally I've got normally not full screen like this. I normally have it kind of in a half of a, a monitor to see. So yeah, I just I haven't gotten the swing of using the menu bar calendar app. I should. Every time I pop it down and look Once at it. Once you get the keystroke going. Every time like, I look at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is actually kind of nice. I probably should use yeah. this more. But. And, Alan, really drop yours down again real quick. Yeah. The other nice part is there is a type-in bar right there. Mm-hmm. And that's at yeah. the top. That's how you do your natural language, right? That's what I will do. If I just need to create some, someone says, oh, let's do this. Instead of me pulling up the calendar, all that stuff, I'll just do my keystroke drop it in and then I'm out. So, so to me, that's, that's key, right? Me even just trying it right there. I'm like, yeah, okay. I get it. That actually would be really nice. So maybe I should do that. All right. Good deal. All right. Now, how about let's talk about some of the really nice features that we think are great to have. They're not deal breakers. They're not must have, but things that 
have caused us maybe to look at even some other calendar applications yep. as ones that we're using right now. Okay. Yep. Yep. So I'll bring up one, and this this one's one I know is available in a number of different uh, extra apps is weather integration. Mm-hmm. And by weather integration, I mean, when you're looking at your calendar, it's already kind of putting in for you what the upcoming weather is for the next few days. So it's taking a weather service and allowing you to, when you see your calendar and you're saying, I'm going to schedule this on Wednesday, that at the top of that screen, you're actually seeing things like, is it going to be sunny? Is it going to be warm? And maybe I need to have a, a change of heart about what I'm actually uh, uh, scheduling that day. So Alan's showing one right there where he didn't in, he did not input the weather for that day. Mm. That was something that is happening um, uh, naturally as part of the yeah. uh, the application. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get into where we can zoom in and see a little, a little better because I know it's really small up there on the screen. Um, and not having the best luck in doing that. So, huh? Where's my little about, zoom uh, tool? How about zooming the whole window? Yeah, the whole screen. You do that with accessibility if you want, uh, if you've got that active, but... I don't know if you do. I do not believe I do. So, um, hmm. okay. Well, look, let's just say there's a case it's hard to squint in. <laughs> there is a little calendar, a, a little weather icon up in the top of my day on Saturday. It has a little uh, lightning storm. It's got a high of 83, a low of 69. It is showing me that. Like Brian said, I did not input that in. It is pulling it from a weather service and piping it into. I I think this is close to being a must-have for me, Brian, just because yeah. I've come to rely on it so much. Uh, you know, even like this is a perfect example. I'm I've we've got an outdoor film screening this Saturday, and of course I'm gonna be keeping an eye on the weather. So uh, having that already up there without me having to go to another weather app to look and try to coordinate my calendars with is really nice. So I do know on some preferences, this is on busy Cal, for example, I think when it comes to the weather, uh, I can choose to have it show the weather always at a particular city and town, like my hometown mm-hmm. or wherever I am. So in other words, if I'm out traveling and I open up my calendar, and I'm in, you know, the beach, it'll show me the, the weather as of that location. Or I could say, no, always keep it as my hometown. So always show yeah. it back at the hometown, which is nice. So I can kind of keep that. Yeah. Um, I don't have moon phases. That's another weather element that typically you can have on there. I have not been doing that, but um, <laughs> that's there as well. Oh, here, let me make a larger icon. There nope, we go. That does nothing. That's, that doesn't help. Uh, no, it puts the little cloud right here in the middle. You see that? So if you go back to your yeah your week view, it'll probably be helpful. There we go. It's, yeah, I don't it's like it as bigger. much, but it is a bigger either. icon to work with on yep. the graphic. Yep. Yeah, I don't like that. So I'm going to change that back, Brian, because I don't like. Yeah. That. So this is one of the things that I'm hopeful uh, will start to get a little better as well. This integration, Alan, with all the AI integration with all of our apps where they're starting to understand natural language better, they're starting to extrapolate certain things from you. I mean, for example, what if I said, Alan, I went into my calendar app and just said, 
a new calendar event and said, uh, remind me at 6 a.m. the next day that it's going to be 90 degrees to water my good grass. <laughs> yeah, right. And it then notifies me only on the days where it's going to be 90 at 6 a.m., right? That's the kind of stuff I'm really hopeful starts to happen. Or, um, yeah. you know, yeah, when it's when it's going to rain next, please please uh, remind me that morning to do whatever, right? Now, mm -hmm. some of those reminder apps can do that sort of thing and they're starting to integrate it. But this is where to me, reminders and calendars and all that really are the same mindset for me. <laughs> I have a hard time kind of distinguishing a lot of times between reminders and calendar uh, events. Um, so I would love to see that. And I'm hopeful just showing the weather as part of calendars right now will tell you um, that that's going to be happening. Just like we said with travel, right? You should be able to say, you know, schedule schedule me to leave work, you know, X amount of minutes prior to, you know, whatever event is going to happen and based on traffic, you know, going here, right? It starts to, to know when it should do these things. So that's one I think is really helpful for people if you're if you're um, if you're interested or if your if your work might be weather dependent. It's always nice to be able to look and say, "Oh, let's do it on Friday because I see that it's going to be this you know temperature." Yeah. Um, another one, Alan, that I've gotten really keen on recently mm -hmm. um, yeah. is conference call integration within my events, and okay. with yeah. that one, it's if I set up a meeting the location a lot of times has changed these days, right? This is something that's happened in the last few years where your location may not be an actual place. Your location may be a, um, your may, your location actually may be a web video or a, a video call, a Zoom meeting, mm -hmm. something like that. So Alan's got there, one of the, the applications has the ability to add a video call, meaning you put the link for that video call in there. And now, when that meeting comes up or the reminder comes up, there's usually a quick uh, button that says, go ahead and join the meeting. And you goes right into your Zoom or your Teams or whatever your um, your uh, web conferencing uh, is using. So it's simply just taking a link, just like it did with Starbucks earlier to say, this is where the address is. Now it's doing the link of, this is the application that I need to bring up so that yeah. uh, that that meeting will happen. And I use this all the time now. The, you know, yeah. Initially, it was very spotty because they were just trying to roll it out. Now, if I set it and it's a Zoom meeting, then it pops up with a reminder that says, do you want to join? Just click one button and join and go. So super slow. Well, in this example, Brian, I actually had it create a, a conference call, a Zoom meeting, for example, in this situation. Mm. I This particular calendar app is linked to I was able to log in with my Zoom account. With Zoom, nice. To through this calendar app. So if I go in and create an event and say I want to add a conference call or a Zoom call to it, I click a button, it immediately creates a Zoom meeting on my Zoom account, adds the information, the link to my calendar. So if I had other people invited to that calendar event, they would now see the link in their calendar invite. And it just becomes a one-touch operation. It's pretty slick. Then when yeah. the when the event comes up, I roll over that join meeting button, and it automatically opens up Zoom to that account that I created that 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 call I created, and it's very seamless. So, if you have an application that will let you link to an existing uh, conference call service, I think it could be a Microsoft Teams, could be yep. a, a Zoom, could be GoToMeeting, some of these other ones. Having that integration is really nice, not only for 
responding to calendar invitations you get from people that have a conference call component and being able to quickly go in and join that call, but also initiating your own conference calls and inviting other people in there. So yeah, yep. uh, no, that's great with you on that. That's really nice and very easy. So, yep. And just on that note, if you're someone like me who was doing repeated, <laughs> repeating uh, Zoom meetings like classes where I have a class that goes Monday, Wednesday, Friday at a certain time, you can do that in Zoom, right? I can go in Zoom's panel and say, I want to create something. It goes every three days, blah, blah, blah. But getting rid of one of those sessions or saying, well, this is going to go for the next three months at this time on these days and then deciding I want to cancel one of them, really hard to do within Zoom's scheduling. But if you do it this way, where it becomes a repeated event and you're doing it just like any other repeated event that you might have, you go in and delete one of them. It says, do you want to delete that one or the whole series, right? It just makes management of that scheduling a lot cleaner when it has that integration, right? It just yeah. means I don't have to go to three different places to do all my scheduling and, and uh, calendar uh, uh, activities. So that's great. So conference call integration, I think is, uh, again, not necessarily a must have uh, for me, but it is really, really nice to have. So, so far, Brian, am I right in saying that the Apple or the Mac calendar app doesn't have conference call integration to that same extent. I know it doesn't have the weather integration to the same extent. It does not. uh, Let's see. Let me double check real quick with calendars. Um, I don't think they've added the weather. I want to. Yeah, basically I can add notes and I can add a URL to a meeting, but I can't add a service automatically. I can add a URL so I can go to Zoom and copy the URL for my call and put it but in there and invite other people to it. Realize they obviously don't want you using other services. So can you put someone's ah, here we go. name for FaceTime, right? Yep. Yep. You can add a FaceTime call. Yep. Yeah. So uh, they want you using that service as built in, obviously. I yep. don't think you can add on any others. Now, I wonder, can you add a, no, you can't add a Zoom account or anything to that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they're going to let you do a FaceTime call from that, but that's about it. So, yep. Yep. So, if you were going to do a FaceTime call, Apple yep. Calendar is really good for that. If that's Obviously, the way to do it, sure. Include yep. the FaceTime call in there. Um, ooh, unable to add video call link. Try again. And it's not letting me do it. So, hmm. there you go. I don't know what's going on there, but this is one reason I don't use Apple calendars. But if that continues to get better, one of the things about FaceTime, you know, some of the new announcements is it's going to be really, really nice for meetings soon. It's got some integration that's going to be happening. So this may be a direction to come back to at that point. So could be, but as it is right now, weather integration and conference call integration, two of the things we've mentioned are not in the Apple maps or Apple, I'm sorry, Apple calendars application. Correct. So, yeah. Okay. All right. What's another so, nice to have feature, Brian, that we want to specify? I well, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you actually pick yours, which is skipping this one if you're okay with that, because I think that's just a one shot deal. But the other one's gonna take some details. So, do you want to do templates next? Uh, well, yes and no. I can talk about templates, but only in theory. <laughs> okay. Because the application I currently use 
the calendar app does not have templates, but the idea of a template yeah. is well, that's how I think you ought to talk about it. Let's just make it simple. Go ahead and sure. Go ahead and talk create about a it. template yeah. uh, basically means where you can go in and create an event, create a meeting of some sort. Brian, you kind of alluded to with like your classes, where it's something where there's a lot of information in that calendar that's going to calendar event that's going to be very uh, 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 uniform across. Yeah, consistent. Days. Sure, it's consistent. You're going to have a lot of different instances of this. So instead of having to go in every time and create the new event from scratch or having to do just a rough copy and paste, which you can do from these apps, you can copy an event and paste it. Better is to have a template where you can say, all right, choose from a template. I want to create a new event based on that template. And it could already have notes in there about the mm -hmm. event. It could already have location. It could already have people you normally invite. All those things built into a template. Now, one of the apps we're going to talk about does allow templates. It's not the one I'm using, though. The one I'm using does not have templates built in. So that would that's one of those where it'd be really nice for me to have, but I currently don't have. But I think it would be really cool because there are so many times events I create are 90% the same information, same attendees. Same even Zoom link because we use a kind of a standard Zoom room link for everything. Uh, so many things would be consistent. It'd be just a good time saver to not have to enter in yeah. all that information each time. So I up to up to that last sentence, uh, I was thinking to myself, I have zero need or, or reason to ever want templates. Until you said same attendees. That's the one that is a killer for me, right? And I'm sure people may get this. If you are someone who creates meetings with other people, like my department, let's say I'm going to invite six people, eight people, whatever. Yeah, entering those in over and over and over again, right? That that I could see being a, a game changer. That's mm -hmm. a good point. If I just yes. say there's a, there's a new and it's dropped down, it's going to be a department and boom. Departments already included on this, right? The people, I think that's that would be slick. that's where they That'd come to nice. So yep. again, it's a nice to have. I do not consider it a must have because obviously I'm yep. using my calendar app without it. But yep. it was one of those things that when I think about it, the more my I know it's out there in the wild in another application, it it's something I wish I had in mind. So. Yeah. All right. So let's talk real quick about one that I think is pretty important because there's multiple layers to this. And one mm -hmm. and, and the idea is scheduling. Like mm -hmm. right now, we've been talking about you creating your events yourself, you scheduling something. So Alan knows that he has something going on on seven o'clock on Friday and he puts it in. But there's a whole layer of scheduling from the work perspective that, um, that these applications can help with. And this is something that uh, Apple Apple Calendar, uh, the, the native calendar app will not do yet. Um, and I think it's really, really beneficial. So, so Alan, one of the, you know, it's when we think about scheduling, how we go about scheduling events, to me, there's kind of three layers of uniqueness that could happen or three things that could really be helpful. One is saying, okay, I'm gonna schedule something and I'm scheduling it with multiple invitees, multiple people, I don't want to send an email to them to say, when are you available? Or I don't want to send a, an event and have them come back and say, I can't do that. Yeah. I want to see when that person is available in order to schedule. So that is what's pulling up right now. Absolute yeah. worst yes. things possible. It's a time suck. It's a time suck. Well, it's horrible. Yeah. I mean, if you think about the constant communication that's going back and forth between a group of people trying to find a time to meet. Yeah. Uh, 
hey, here's some times to meet. Tell me which one works best for you. And then you get 12 people all writing back all different times and you're having to kind of reconcile and figure out which one is going to be the best time for the most people to meet. Yeah, like but the basic thing, and this is the Apple Calendar app, all it does is, okay, I can just add my invitees and they're going to get this calendar invite and they can either accept it or they can reject it. And that's pretty much what you've got on the basic level there. Um, so again, you, you throw out a calendar invite and you hope people are going to be able to attend and you hope to watch as many people hit the accept button and not too many people hit the reject or refuse button. And that's about it. And if it doesn't work for people, you're going to have to go back to the drawing board and create another event or change the time or something. So yeah, it's, it's a pain. So Brian, what, what's the, what's the options on, on best way to work around this with some different apps? Well, there are. Yeah, a number of these apps now, and this is where the caveat comes in, is that you can then see their availability while you're scheduling. Mm-hmm. So when you type that person's name in and it says, oh, this person, and then assuming it has access to their calendar, then you will see right there below, you know, their availability, right? Yeah. And which, this was on calendar. Calendar can do yeah. that. Right. But, and I, I need to bring bring in, hold on, I'll, I'll show you. Yeah. So if I have... If I'm on the same calendar system with somebody, yep. like a Google calendar, and we're in the same Google team, Service. yes, yep. I can see availability of other people based on their time that they show that they're available or not. So it does and show this is that, an yes, Apple, Apple calendar. This yep. is in the Apple calendar. So mm-hmm. it helps a little bit. But, I mean, there's a lot of times, Brian, I'm scheduling people that are not, I don't have access to their calendar and right. I can't see their availability. So I'm still shooting in the dark to find out if they're going to be able to make it or not. Okay. So let me, let, let's clarify. Alan just said if they are on the same service, there are n- a number of applications where you can see their availability. So if you're, if you're both on Google or mm-hmm. you're both have it use a, the same service for uh, your calendar, you, you can even do that on Apple Calendar. You can do that on Fantastic Cal. You can do it on BusyCal. All of those are going to do the same thing where you can see their availability if it has access to their availability. Realize there's no way that my calendar is going to have access to Alan's iCloud calendar if I'm not using something that relates to iCloud, right? I mean, there's right. just not going to happen. So, yeah. so then the challenge is how do I figure out a way to schedule it when I don't know their availability? Okay, and that's where the really beautiful stuff starts to happen in some of these these other calendar applications. Yeah. Uh, for example, being able to say, "I want Chris involved," "I want Bob involved," "I want Sarah involved," putting them all in. There are applications that will allow you to then send out a, almost like a poll to them that says, "Click on which one of these you're available for," and it only sent out the ones that you gave it to send out because they were ones you had available. And then once it all comes back that everybody's available at a certain time, it just books it. It's <laughs> like, gotcha. So How nice. nice is that? Everything is super slick. Everything just happens. You know, Fantastical is one that does that uh, extremely well. Um, but realize it's just, it's a, it's a pretty slick opportunity for it to send something out, not schedule the event yet until it waits until they respond with what they're available with. And I think it even does it by a, like a little web survey sort of thing, which mm-hmm. of these great. And then all of a sudden when everybody's responded, it just grabs it and says, okay, your meetings at this time. 
and everybody gets scheduled um, or get a, a link to be scheduled. So now I love that. To the best of my knowledge, there's only one application. That's a calendar app that we're going to be discussing that has that service built in. Yeah. Now, there, this service does exist in other third-party applications. You can use some services that will then you give permission to link into your calendar. And then you can send out that same email through this other service to your list of people and say, okay, here are the dates on my calendar available. Everybody pick the one and then it just books yeah. the one that the people choose. But it's using another service. It's using another add-on tool that you have to kind of integrate with your calendar. There is one calendar app that we're going to mention as an option that has that built in. And Brian, it is the number one reason that I still about every couple of weeks still scan over to the uh, fantastic cow page on the website. Like, mm, so tempting, so tempting yep. to pull the trigger on that five or so dollar a month uh, subscription to make that work because it is such a nice, a nice built-in component of a calendar. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Super um, slick. Yeah, it is. And then of course there's even the, uh, some scheduling, I think the same application oh, yep. allows you All to, right. uh, send out an email to, or let somebody, uh, access through a web link, your calendar Yeah, and see yep. when you're available and let them book a time on your calendar. So let's say, if I said my my blue calendar that I'm showing up here on the screen is my truly non-available schedule, but if I wanted to let anybody schedule any other time with me from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., for example, I can set that up and say, all right, if somebody goes to this link and I actually have a link like it in my email uh, signature, it's like, hey, if you need to schedule a meeting with me, here's where you go. I'm having to use a third-party service to do this, but yep. the idea yep. is that by them clicking the link, they are then given a list of hour long sessions that are open currently for me on the days I designated and the times I designated where my calendar is not already busy. And then they can choose one of those times. And when they do, it automatically appears on my calendar as an appointment without them having to go and do the whole back and forth with me. Hey, what time are you yeah. available? Here's the time zone I am. So those are two really things slick. that. Yep. I really, really like, I'm currently using a third-party service for one of them, the second thing I mentioned. Um, but I really missed that first one. And again, those are things that make me really, really think about switching to Fantastic Health at some point. Yep. I really do. Yep. So, or do you have any other, uh, have any other features that you want to bring up? Um, no, we gotta no, I maybe don't. Start I really talking think just briefly about these two, just to give. Yeah, let's do this. Those are all the features that I think make yeah. a good calendar app, and really, these scheduling features are kind of the man. Those are the icing yeah, on the, the separator. That's the ones yep. that's like that yep. really, really steps it up on the on the calendar game. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so, so let me let me just go real quick. If you're trying to schedule things in an organization where you're all on the same service, like I do, I'm at a university. We're all on the same Google platform. You can do it just fine with with Google or with the uh, Apple Calendar. You pull it up and say, "I want to invite these six people." You know, show availability. You look for an opportunity because it can see all of their calendars, assuming they're all using that calendar correctly, which I find it fifty percent or not. Um, 
But if you are someone that that finds that you need to schedule things more with with people outside of your organization or with people with different uh, scheduling capabilities, then that, yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a strong recommendation for Fantastical for people. It is somewhat pricey uh, when you talk about a recurring uh, recurring fee. Um, Fantastic out made by FlexiBits, as Alan's pulling up on the screen here. Uh, I believe it's $4.75 a month if you prepay for a year. So if you're paying for a year, that's what it comes up to be per month. Um, and you may be thinking, gosh, why do I want to pay for a calendar? Why do I want to pay you know, five, ducks, five bucks a month for a calendar? But again, if you're already integrating other things like scheduling applications. So for me, I use You Can Book Me which is a free service. I'm not paying for it, but that's another service I have to create so that my students can grab meetings without having to send me an email and say, when can you meet and go back and forth. So there are so many different features that Fantastical brings in. And I had Fantastical for about five years and I will tell you, it is rock solid. (laughs) Really, really good. Let's go ahead and clarify. There is a free version of Fantastical. Okay. And that free version does all the essential calendar things yep. that we talked about. Multiple ca- accounts, uh, you know, notifications. Uh, it does have weather, at least for three days, it has a weather forecast built in on the free version. Where you don't get anything on the free version is when it comes to some of the productivity features. And most importantly, we were just talking about scheduling. Securely right. requesting time, providing openings to people that they can schedule based on your availability. And then those meeting polls, like Brian was describing, mm-hmm. sending out a to a group of people that you're trying to schedule a meeting, they all choose the times that are available, and it automatically helps you find the best one and schedules it for everybody. Uh, the The integration with Google Meet or Zoom or Teams that we talked about is not on the free version. All these checks on the right are the th- items that you get with the paid $4.75 a month if you pay annually yep. price. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it does a lot, man. It does. It does a lot, and it does it really, really well. Um, I just, uh, wow. Yep. Why yep. are we sitting here? Lo- why Why am I looking at this list? Why am I still doing this? This is just tempting too long. So, <laughs> um. so Alan, maybe maybe, maybe this is a good time to say, so this, this to me is the premier calendar application, yeah. right? It does things incredibly well. They update it often. Uh, they're adding new features often. Those openings just came out in the last you know, year or so where it started using those, and those are great. Um, but let's give another option, which is uh, both of us are using this right now, uh, mm-hmm. and it's BusyCal. So BusyCal, and I know the reason Alan's using it is because it's part of SetApp, which many of you have remember Alan talks about a lot. Uh, he's paying a... Yeah. A, a fee per month to get access to lots of different applications. So this is one of them. Yeah. So of course it makes sense for him to use it. Um, I actually purchased a busy cow and I will tell you, I have a little bit of buyer's remorse uh, for doing it. Um, so it was $50 forever. Yeah, right? So technically you are, you have this application forever for $50, which of course is, is a good price for something that normally you pay as a service per, per month. Uh, it does lots of cool things. Um, lots of the things we've been talking about. It doesn't do it, I don't think, quite as well as Fantastical. Um, but 
given that you are paying one fee and not every month having to pay more. So, you know, in 10 months of Fantastical, you would have already paid your amount for BusyCal, right? Uh, for Can I just bucks. say for a second there, Brian? Look, I'm using BusyCal. I'm, I'm, I, 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 this is my daily calendar. This is my daily yeah. driver for calendars. But when I go to their site, and this is the image that comes up as their like sample of a calendar to look at, there's a real difference between how they look on Fantastical yep. and how they look on BusyCal. All right, BusyCal yep. is not really known for visually the most pleasing. It looks a lot like the Apple Calendar, a lot like the Apple Calendar. But um, you know, it it's focusing more on it. There's a lot of options. There's a lot of things you can do. Uh, it yep. integrates your task list, which mm-hmm. I. Use for I like that, while. but so does Fantastical. Yep. Yeah, do it, it does too. Um, yeah, it has the travel times. Fantastical does. Even Apple Calendar has that. Uh, it's got the menu bar app, which Fantastical has, but um, it does that fine. Quick mm-hmm. entry. It does that well. About. Yep. Yep. It does a thing with calendar lists and sets, which I do use quite a bit. You know, I've you can basically have a group of calendars that you want to turn on and off as a group. Instead of having to go and select each one individually, you know, so I actually have a group of my coworkers calendars because we're all on a Google calendar group and I can see their calendars or at least they're free and busy time. But if I want to see all of them at one click, I can click the group and it turns on all their calendars so I can see what my team's doing. And then I can click them back off when I just want to look at my calendar. So I do like some of the flexibility it gives you on creating those sets and, and lists to work with. Um, yeah, searching and alarms and filtering. It does all the, the things you need it to do. It does the weather. Graphics, I, I don't see the need for the graphics. So anyway, it is a very good, solid, functional calendar app. It's a good it it's does, a good upgrade from Cal from Apple's absolutely. calendar. It does not have the scheduling it. tools like Fantastical. Right. Um, yeah. Doesn't have if you're that. a setup user, you get it. So therefore, that kind of makes trying it and using it pretty easy to do. Yeah. Um, there is a nice part if you are budget conscious and you want something to add those features, some of those features, but not be stuck in a continual pay every month, paying fifty dollars, getting it forever. And I think if I'm remember correct, Alan, you get to upgrade within the first eighteen months. So let's say they come up with a new version sixteen months after you purchase, you get that upgrade. But after eighteen months, I think you're set with the version you, you have, to, right? Yeah, so no new features. Buy a new version if you wanted to yep. upgrade. So, yeah. yeah. Which I think they give you a a you know a budget friendly twenty something dollars for an upgrade. But yeah. so anyway, it's it's good. It is good um comparatively, but I can tell you I have buyer's remorse right away in that I go back even right now to prepare for the show. I'm looking at fantastic. I'll go in. It's just so much cleaner. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm thinking of classes starting up this fall and how I'd love to just go ahead and integrate <laughs> all of the scheduling and everything with it and not have to do two different, my, you can book me app and when is good. I do. I, so I use when is good and I use, you can book me two mm-hmm. different services simply to do the things that potentially I could do with one application. I just have to commit to it. So. so, Brian, we're, I think, summing up kind of where we are with calendars right now, right? Well, is that, well we're both doing the less than optimal ideal of what we yeah, want to do. We are. 
Yeah. We both have realized that the Apple calendar is not meeting our needs. Okay. Yep. Again, look, it's functional. And anybody out there listening, if a lot of these features and things we're talking about have no interest to you, they're just not anything you ever need, the Apple calendar is going to do fine. It is a fine functional calendar. For those people who are looking for a little bit more and maybe trying to help improve their productivity by not having to use other services they may be using, these other apps are things that are going to help improve your use of calendars. And these are the two we, we kind of highlighted, BusyCal and FantasticCal. They're not the only two. There's a lot of other calendar apps out there. But I think if you look in terms of popularity, rating, kind of a, a claim in the Mac community, yeah. it's really these two calendar apps yeah. that are kind yeah. of the ones people think about. Um, and both are good upgrades. They will both add more things to the calendar experience on your computer or on your iPhone. Um, BusyCal is good. BusyCal does a lot of good things. FantasticCal is awesome. Yeah. It's just a matter of what makes sense for you. Now, if you're yeah. not somebody like me that has already committed to set up and like, look, I'm going to get the best value out of that subscription as I can. And by using their calendar app, and I also get their contact app, which is busy contacts. Yep. Um, I'm guess I'm going to keep using that just because I'm already paying for the set app and it causes me heartburn to pay for another service yeah. when a comparable service is available on the thing I'm already paying for. Yep. I get but it. if you weren't, me and you didn't have set app and uh, or you hadn't already paid $50 to buy the app like Brian did <laughs> and you're willing to put a few dollars a month towards a, a really great calendar app I mean uh, fantastic is the way to go it really is it really, it is. really is yep yeah yep um so fantastic Cal, just so everybody knows uh that is flexi bits is the name of the website I'm going to put that up here for everybody to see Flexibits.com is the website for Fantastical. That is where you would go to get that. And, and they then, also have their own version of a, of a contacts uh, as well. I am not that impressed with it uh, myself, no. but uh, the, hop, uh, yeah. the calendar, yeah, the calendar is incredible. That's yeah. what they're known for. That's what they do. Um, and then for busy Mac or for busy Cal, you go to busymac.com and they have a, I mean, you can go to busymac.com and you'll see the link for busy Cal or type in backslash busycal.com, uh, yep. busy Cal slash to go and get that. Again, it is part of setup. If you have the setup subscription that may kind of go ahead and push you in that direction anyway, just because, uh, it's nice to have it all under one subscription. It really yep. is. Yep. So, so that's where we are. Brian and I are both a little bit, we're not in our ideal position with calendars. Uh, but um, I don't know, Brian, after this recording, you know, don't be surprised if I drop you a note in the next week and be like, all right, look, I, uh, I found an extra $5 a month under yeah. my seat yeah. cushion. I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm taking it out of the swear jar. No, there's yep. use this to buy my calendar. out. So. I know I'm looking at it right now thinking, yeah, I could I could really make a lot of things simpler from what I struggle with throughout the year. Again, you know, one of the biggest struggles that I have, Alan, is scheduling. And I know you yeah. probably are the same. Oh, yeah. Scheduling a meeting absolutely. is absolutely a nightmare. And I it use is. free services. I will say I don't pay for anything that helps me schedule, but they're not ideal. You know, when is good, horrible interface, right? But you can book me, you know, it works, but they want to potentially, you know, start charging you as well for some additional features. So 
That's the hard part. Now, I will make a quick little plug, Alan, for Google Calendar. If you are someone okay. who uses Google and you use it for maybe an organization, there are lots of features like this, like the scheduling piece, the availability piece. That's something that Google started to roll out as well. Um, I can tell you, Google does a really good job with that stuff. The problem you just is, gotta be all in. You've got to be all Google. You've got to yeah. be all Google. You can't go and say, I'm going to put my iCloud in there. I'm going to do my other calendars as well. You've got to be all Google. And, um, and I, I just, I'm not, I'm not ready to do that. And, you know, I don't think I, I like, I like user interface applications that are actually on your computer rather than going through a web for things. I'm not a yeah, big web person. Way, so yeah. that's, that's another challenge, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. or for a budget, that again, you know, you know, you can do a lot with Google. So, have you seen the uh, widgets that Fantastical has for uh, Mac or iOS widgets for their calendars? Oh yeah, I used to use it. Like I said, I used it for years, right? And I mean, the widgets on the iOS widget, new ones that are yeah, really nice. yeah. yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, just drop me a text when you when you buy it tomorrow. Okay, just drop me a text. All right. Is there a way to to get it and install it on two computers? It's not, is it? It's pretty oh. much one computer, one license, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay, but remember, it's free. Try the free one out. Try the free one oh, out. No, for a I, while. look, I've tried. I've yeah, tried. Used, okay, I know it. Yeah, yeah. But the paid version is what I need. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do they do a team? Do they do a team benefit that brothers in tech could you know team up together on this one? I guess. Probably. Oh yeah, they do have a team. Uh, team pricing. It's uh, four dollars and seventy five cents per user. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. Got it. Yeah. Perfect. That makes. Oh, that just sense. allows the collaboration, though. That allows it the does collaboration make, it does between allow your, that, which is good. Yeah. Right. If you're going to be in a team cool. and you're going to use a, a, a fantastic out, absolutely go it. with the teams yep. version. Yep. Because it does allow you to. You know, you can basically create an account for every one of your users. They have their own private event, but then they can share events and all that real nicely. So, yeah, it's great. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's great. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. All right. Okay, Brian. Well, this is this turned out to be a lot more depressing an episode than I realized it was going to be. I hope you know what I think. I would think all of our users really want, Alan, is for you to spend the next four weeks. devising a plan and and go ahead and kind of compare each one and, and do an Excel spreadsheet and, and all that for us. I mean, I'm sure there's other ones out there as well. I just think you need to do the deep dive and Should we'll I do all a deep benefit dive from this. Really? <laughs> it just means you need to pay for Fantastical. So, so yeah, and it's all it's going to end up saying. If Brothers in Tech wants it, Brothers in Tech wants you to have Fantastical. Look, I, 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 I made it. the jump. I'm paying for my email program, which is so a lot of people oh, say is big. unheard yeah, of. That was but, a big move. But I am still super happy with it. And Missive um, does not have a calendar. It does. It does have oh, a it calendar. Does. Okay. Yeah. But it doesn't have um, the features. I mean, you're paying that much. I can't imagine. It's not, not great. Some features. It's not great. Okay. Um, but yeah, you do have a calendar. Uh, I, I, I've used it briefly and it just didn't. Oh. Okay. It, it, it's, that's not the main thing. It's an add on. It's an add on. Yeah. Yep. So, okay. Um, Yep. Just like Spark. Spark has it as well, right? They have a calendar, but it's just kind of an add-on to that you don't have right. to leave their app. Yeah, yeah, a lot of these mail programs, they say, well, we're going to add a calendar functionality because we can. We're already linked up to your accounts. But that's not their that's not their 
They're not putting the feature rich elements. Right. Yeah. It's basically like, well, if it's one other extra reason for you to stay in their email program and not leave, they'll keep you in there. And again, for some people, it's probably fine. It's probably just enough for them. Again, but I think when you're when you're somebody who is needing to, you got a lot of travel you're doing with your schedule. You've got a lot of meetings that you're trying to coordinate. Um, you know, you just, I mean, weather, having to have your weather piped in and understanding how you're going to set up your schedule based on weather conditions. I mean, a lot of these factors, that's when you need a calendar app that's going to keep up with you on those. And uh, right. yeah, good thing is that there again, you are, uh, we, we You've got two really good options. There are several others, but two we can go ahead and recommend are good upgrades and uh, good apps for your calendar needs. So, yep. Okay. Yep. All right, Brian. Well, if anybody okay. either wants to rub it in our face that they use Fantastical and how much they love it, <laughs> or uh, talk about maybe another calendar app we didn't talk about that they want to recommend, or some feature about calendars that are we ought to be. Uh, putting on our, our need to have list. How can anybody get a hold of us or, or join in the conversation here? Well, send us an email at info at the mesh.tv. And uh, again, tell us, uh, tell us what you're using, what you suggest or the limitations that you find. You can also go to our website at www.brothers-n-tech.com. All right. Well, that has been our conversation on calendars. It has been, um, yeah, it's been okay. Sorry. It's been, <laughs> for you. It's been, been fine. It's been fine. Mm-hmm. It's been a good conversation. And uh, now we're just upset. So uh, until next time, we will look forward to talking to everybody soon. Uh, we should be back hopefully next week with some more tech talk and topics. Brian. If our calendar you, uh, works, if our scheduling works or something. Yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. see if we get scheduled. Brian, just as a teaser on, on, on uh, what I think we may have to explore next week. So have you, have you, are you still a Twitter user at all? Are you still active on Twitter at all? Yep. Yeah. Well, active. I'm a viewer. I'm not a contributor, no, but too. yes, I'm I a viewer. I'm not yep. a poster, but I'm a viewer. Yeah. Have the you limits been hit, and things? Mm-hmm. Have you been hit uh, in the last 24 hours with the, you are now no longer able to see certain. I have not been hit with that, but I have seen people posting about getting hit with it. Yeah. Pretty crazy. I, uh, yesterday morning. Uh, I get up, I, I fix my coffee Saturday morning. It's kind of a little tradition. I like to kind of sit outside now. Uh, Twitter's like my reading because I have my Twitter list kind of curated through all just my news sources and things I read. And it's like, uh, sorry, can't share any tweets because you have exceeded the rate limit. And uh, that has been a new policy they had to roll out. There's a lot of controversy on why that is, um, why that's happening now. But um, I think it. We may have to reopen up the conversation about some alternative social, social media. media. Because, yeah. uh, I think some of these other alternative to Twitter saw their numbers skyrocket in the last 24 hours. So uh, and it might be, it might be time in the next couple of weeks to revisit some of those social, social. Maybe we need to bring uh, our sister in tech in on that one and we see, do. Uh, see, yeah. see what her thoughts are. She's the social she, media. She, uh, butterfly. Mastodon or a blue sky or a, uh, spoutable or uh, what's the other ones? Gosh, um, yeah. I don't know. There's others. Know. I can't remember right now. There's a lot of other right. options now. It may be maybe time to kind of refresh our thoughts on those a little bit. So, little Sounds teaser. Good. There. We'll see what happens. All right. Thanks everybody for watching and listening. And we'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye bye.
You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.